0: But I really believe that this morning in what the Holy Spirit wants to say to the church is going to set people free. So you might, you know, it's like this. You might be spiritually, you are an A plus, but somehow through life you've been producing D's and F's, if we're using that metaphor this morning. But I want to tell you today, Jesus wants to put a deposit of him onto you so that you start to live up to the A pluses that are in you. And not saying, well, uh, you know, it, it comes down. on oh, am getting, we're getting so carried away already. It comes down to. It comes down to not saying, God, I'm just expecting the ordinary in my life, and so I'm just giving you ordinary. When you start to give God your best, and God will start to pour so much blessing in your family, in your finance, in your, in your household, in every part of your life. Now, it doesn't, might not mean that you're all going to become millionaires. We're not talking about that, but it talks about a spiritual power and a spiritual fruitfulness that comes pouring out of you, that brings life, that brings hope, that brings energy to everything around you. Oh, that's not even in the notes either. I could burst out. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the, the the title of my message this morning is restoration. So, Jesus' trial before Pilate, who was the Roman governor, or Pilate, depends what what school you went to. John chapter eight, uh, sorry, John chapter eighteen, verse thirty-three to thirty-six. That uh, scripture will pop up on the screen. It says, "Then." Pilate went back into the headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted, your own people. I'll read it off there because I can see it better. Uh, Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted, your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. But the big question, the only question Jesus was tried for was, are you the king? Are you the king? And on that question hinges all of human history and conditions is on that one question that that this Roman officer put toward Jesus on trial, and, said, and that was the only the only thing. You think, well, how could you con- condemn someone to death on that one question? This word restoration, and to to our. Uh, language today, the way in which we use this word in the English, it means the action of returning something to a former owner or to return something to a former condition. So you you restore something, we all know what that means, we we, we put something back the way it was supposed to be, bringing bringing it back to its original condition. But I was surprised to discover the word restoration in its original means the returning of a monarch. So when someone has been deposed from their position of being king and then they're, they're brought back to that place is the original meaning of the word restoration. It means bringing back the monarch to their place. Today, we just use the word restoration to repair something broken or neglected to its original condition. And so we, we've lost that power of the meaning of the word when it comes to context of what I'm preaching this morning. So God is in the restoration business. And he has um, two, two parts to this that are really, really important. The first part is if we're going to see a restoration spiritually in our life, then we need to bring the king back. We need to bring the king back to his rightful place in our lives. If we're to come... Anywhere near living and knowing the power of Jesus in our life, it starts with God being God in our life. I'll say that again. You need to catch this. To suddenly wake up if you're still sort of in a little bit of a daze right now. If if we're to come anywhere near the living and knowing the power of Jesus in our lives, it starts with God being God in our life. Pinch someone and say it starts with God being God in your life. If you want to live up to the A+, it starts with God being God in your life. If you want to live free of of oppression, if you want to live free from all the the patterns of this world in your life, it starts with God being God. Sorry for Friday morning, I'm getting fired up. At the point of believing in Jesus as our Saviour, we can overlook the need to honour Him as Lord and King. So we might say, well, I just need Jesus because I, I, I just want some help with some, some guilt and some other f- feelings that I have. And Jesus, you can do that. But we can stop at that point. We need to say, I'm not just interested in my feelings being met and my, my issues being done. I want Jesus to be king and lord and return the monarchy in my life. So restoration in our spiritual being has to start with restoring the monarch to his place of authority. That's a a nasty word, authority. Just close your eyes and say that to yourself. Authority, authority, authority. And then ask yourself the question, who has authority in my life? Well, it's a hard question. I'm preaching it easy, but that's a hard question. But what that means is we ultimately, we cross over our will, our demands, our plans, and say, God, what is it that you want? I voluntarily allow you to have what you want in my life. I'm willingly giving you that. It's a decision on our part. And we restore the king to the monarchy. And when we understand this part, it makes sense how God works to restore broken and missing parts of our life. Which leads me to my next point. When we bring back the monarchy in our life, our life changes. Our lives change for the better. It's like those projects in our yard or our shed that just sit there who's got those i don't know this feeling i've I've see other people but maybe there's an intention to get to that one day you start a project and you think well i'm going to do this i'm going to restore this thing i'm going to i'm going to get this i'm going to do it it's going to be awesome and you know what it sits there it just stays there taking up space there's two main reasons why this happens Most of the projects that we have are stalled for two reasons. We don't have money or we don't have the time. And in most cases, we lack one or both. In my case, we lack both all the time. And spiritually, we can look at life and think, well, I'll get to that one day. I'll get to that thing one day. I'll deal with my anger, I'll deal with my, my, my uh, jealousy, I'll deal with my fear, I'll deal with my hurt, I'll deal with my unforgiveness, I'll deal with all these things one day, but I just can't get to it right now, because I'm just lacking the time, I'm just lacking the, the spiritual motivation, I'm just waiting for something to happen, and then I'll deal with it one day, it's an unfinished project that you know you ought to do, but you just never get around to doing it. We can look at life spiritually like that. I'll get to that one day. But restoration in our inner world begins with a restoration of monarchy who we give constitutional power to over our future. Over our now. Because what our future looks like depends on what our now does. So God gives us constitutional power when there's a restoration to the spiritual monarchy in our heart in our life we've used the term often original sin, who's ever heard of that I think I've got a uh, slide for that original sin and most of us think original sin was when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in the garden we think yeah that's the original sin wasn't it well it wasn't sorry to fail your test Isaiah 14 verse 14 this is the original sin voiced by Satan in heaven. It happened before Adam and Eve, and it describes the origin of sin and the originator of it being Satan. And he he said, I will climb to the highest heavens and I will be like the most high. These words, by the devil, declaring and rejecting God's sovereignty, and he wanted to put himself above God, and that is what sin is. Now I don't want to be—I don't want to sort of um, uh, be disrespectful to anyone this morning, but that is what sin is. You don't have to be a bad person. You can do lots of great things with your life. You can be—you can be uh, moral. You can have high standards. You can be nice to everybody, and you don't even like stepping on ants. But you know what? If you don't have Christ as the monarch in your life, then you're climbing to the highest heavens to be God yourself. I say that with respect to people this morning. But these words are uttered by the devil, rejecting God as the true monarch. So the devil's motivation in that was to rule the world without instructions, to rule the world without order, without balance, without God. And hence we see the way the world is. We see exploitation, we see corruption in every every way. In nature is destroyed by mankind's decision to say, I will be like God. And we also see human, personal relationships without godly order or balance, and we see the people exploited and corrupted in every way. But God sent Jesus to restore the monarchy to himself. I'll give you an example, Matthew 21 Verse 7 and, and 38. This is God speaking. He says, Finally the owner sent his son, thinking surely they'll re- they they will respect my son, because there's a story if you read it. I won't go into it all, all, all right now for time. But there was a king who, who uh left his kingdom for a certain time and he said, I'm gonna send, you know, I'm gonna send people to to, to um, give give my messages to the people. And all the messages that went were were murdered, were killed. And so the king gets to this final point and he says, I know what I'm going to do. I'll send my son. They'll respect my son. But in verse 38, it says this, but when the tenant farmers saw his son coming, they said to one another, here comes the heir to this estate. Come on, let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. And that's what the devil said. I want the estate for myself. So Jesus in this story demonstrates the issue with the world and that is it's been rejecting God's place of monarchy. In Acts chapter 3 verse 21, it talks about a time of ultimate restoration. It says, For he must remain in heaven, that is Jesus, until the time for the final restoration of all things as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. The final restoration is this. Jesus didn't have to come to earth to prove he was king of kings. Going back to the trial before Pilate. He didn't come to prove that he was the king of kings. He didn't have to prove that in a court. He came to earth to reveal himself as God. To be completely holy. To be a completely holy sacrifice. To make a way for anyone who would turn to him... And be born again. And we can all experience that being born again. That freshness of life that comes from a life totally restored. From the inside out because of a power encounter with Jesus Christ. Salvation is a gift that God pays in full of himself for you. It's exactly like a person just in filthy, dirty, smelly clothes. Worn out. And getting a total suit change. A whole wardrobe full of good things. Total replacement. And that's what Jesus wants to do. He doesn't want us just to live in the in the here and now with with the 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 level of our experience he wants us to step into a whole new level of experience the thing that opens the door to that is is coming to to the lord always with honesty i don't think salvation is a one-off event it's an unveiling and and a progressing and so we need to always be honest with the lord saying god you know i do feel these these bad things sometimes i do have thoughts that that i that i know don't come from you and being honest with god and saying i want to deal with these things day by day and that is the way in which we grow spiritually and we produce fruit spiritually but when we start to say well god i'll be my own king i'll go my own way then we start to diminish we start to to uh um, find ourselves drying up spiritually and we don't want to be in that space but christ giving his life that we commemorate and think about today on Good Friday, offers us that brand new start. Offers us something valuable for something that was valueless. I remember a song that impacted me greatly. It's a little bit corny song, but it used to be, he gave me beauty for ashes. And I'm thinking, but that's all my life was. I didn't have any beauty. I didn't have anything to offer God. Another song that says all I had to offer him was brokenness and strife, but he gave me something beautiful. And, you know, something we need to always be be aware of, the something beautiful that God put in for something that was totally worthless. And so we think, hey, God, you need me. God says, you know what, I really don't. Because when you think of it, we embarrass God no matter how good we are. So this Easter season, Why don't we make it about restoring the monarchy of God in our own lives? I'm glad that you're here this morning to hear this message. I'm glad that that you being here, in a way, is saying, Jesus, you you have the rightful place in my heart. Good Friday, the day we remember when Jesus was tried and crucified for the question, are you the king? And that's a question that I want you to take away today and, and in your own personal time say, are you the king? Are you the king?